Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everybody, it's Tim. Just letting you know that this week's going to be a little different. Patrick interviewed Grammar Girl, an internet sensation all about language. It turns out that she started her career as a technical writer and then evolved into the web celebrity that we come to know. So enjoy. Cool. All right. Well, I'm really excited about this because I feel like there's something about this industry that feels really like personal in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people that I've met, like they, they tie their identity to content creation in a really deep way that I feel like isn't necessarily the same in some other industries. And you have such an interesting story that like, you know, talking about the personal aspect of uh, how you evolved from you know, a place as a tech writer to like where you are now, I think it's just gonna be super interesting. So I'm excited. I think this is gonna be cool. So, all right. So thanks for being here again. Uh, you know, we, we spoke on coffee and content a few weeks ago. It was really fun. We were doing a follow-up interview. Um, thank you for being here, Grammar Girl or Mignon Fogarty. And uh, I'm really excited to chat with you today. So can we start by just having uh, you just do a simple introduction and just kind of talk a little bit about like a quick biographical snapshot of yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Um, so yes, I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Um, I think of myself primarily as a podcaster. That's how I got started. But I'm also a writer and an entrepreneur. So I have written seven books and I'm the founder of the Quick and Dirty Tips Podcast Network, which you know now is operated in partnership with Macmillan Publishing. They do a lot of the, they do all the day-to-day operations, actually. They're a great partner. And um, gosh, you know, who am I? I have an undergraduate degree in English and a master's in biology of all things from Stanford and um, I worked for a while as a technical writer and ended up being grammar girl so that's the the short version of uh, who I am and how I got here I did I did not know that you had a, a master's in biology how did you how did you go with like English and then biology like where did that combination come from I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I didn't, going to college was the goal. I I didn't have um, a clear idea of what I wanted to do when I graduated. And I really, I just wanted to write, but with a degree in English, I, I just found it was, I didn't have anything to write about. And um, so I became interested in science after I graduated and started going to community college and taking science classes to see if, if I could do it. I never took any science you know, real science as an undergrad. So I found that I really loved it. And, um, and I went thinking initially that it would be something I would write about. And then um, I got really interested in the science itself and took this sort of huge detour where I thought I was going to be a research biologist and I was working in a lab on fruit fly stem cells. <laughs> um, and then um, eventually found my way wow. back to writing. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. So you've kind of like, you've kind of had this like in and out with uh, like writing a little bit in your career. Can you talk to me like pre-college, like what, 
you know, what was the thing that like made you want to go and like learn English? Like what got you so interested in writing as a, as a focus? Well, I grew up as an only child and I spent a huge amount of time at the library when I was growing up. My mom would take me to the library to keep me entertained, to read books and to take the little classes, poetry classes, writing classes. And I, from a very early age, I got um, lots of positive feedback on my skill as a writer. And so, you know, I thought of myself as a writer from very early on and enjoyed doing that. And then, you know, through high school, I was um, on my school, I was the editor in chief of my school newspaper and I was on the annual staff and I really identified again very much as a writer. I had a summer job at the local newspaper. I was doing page layout because it's all I could get a job doing and I was wanted to do anything they would let me do at the local paper. Um, and so that was a great experience. And and then in college, I was an English major and I worked on the school papers a little bit there too. So, you know, I've always been interested in writing from just a very, very early age. Got it. And then, so then, you know, obviously the, you know, the title of the interview and um, one of the things we found in Coffee and Content was how do you find yourself in technical writing? So, you know, what was the path that got you in there and what was your kind of early experience in, in technical writing? Right. Well, I was in graduate school um, doing biology um, during the dot-com boom um, it's in Silicon Valley. And um, I, I actually wasn't enjoying um, the lab research part of, of biology. I, I'm, a, I'm very clumsy. <laughs> and so I would spill things and it would feel very dangerous. And I was, and also it, it's, it's, it's after your first couple of years, it can be quite tedious work. And I like really fast paced things I've learned. So, um, I, and so my, um, my undergraduate college roommate was in the business school and she dropped out to start a, uh, a startup and I dropped out to join her in that startup. And so I went into um, a series of dot-com startups that all, well, hers was acquired. All the subsequent ones went out of business. And um, I found myself, you know, about a year, about a year and a half later um, working. It was actually worked out quite well um, because when all the companies I worked at shut down, the people I worked with scattered and went to a bunch of different biotech companies and almost immediately hired me to do um, technical writing and marketing writing work for them at those biotech companies because I had such a deep understanding of the science as well as being able to write, which is a pretty rare um, combination. And so, you know, I, I just quickly found myself with a career as a science and technical writer. And I also approached um, science magazines and, and wrote articles for magazines like The Scientist and trade publications. Oh, wow. So um, which uh, biotech startups did you end up going to? Like, would any, any that we would know? Um, let's see. I would probably not No, cause they're all out of business, but I worked at a site called caregiver zone that was for um, people who were caring for sick or ailing relatives. And I worked for a site called genetic health, which was a very, very early um, competitor to 23 and me. It, it was sort of in that same big f area of field. So, so yeah, no, it was a great experience. I was the um, head of content for, both those companies and it was just a fabulous experience. And I, yeah, I was still really proud of the work that we did there. So then how did this all end up rolling from, you know, being a technical writer to eventually, you know, transforming into your, your superhero name, Grammar Girl. <laughs> 
Right. Well, uh, I, I was a little bored as a technical writer. It's like sort of a common theme <laughs> when I start changing things up. So, and I love technology. So I heard about this new thing called podcasting and I decided I wanted to try it out. So I actually had a science podcast first called Absolute Science. And I did that for about eight months uh, before I started Grammar Girl. So Absolute Science uh, took a lot of time to produce. It was taking me about 20 hours a week, which when you're working for yourself or you're a freelancer, you know, time really is money. So I couldn't justify continuing to do that. But I had fallen in love with podcasting. And I realized I saw my editing clients make the same mistakes over and over again. And so I thought, well, I'll just do a quick and dirty tips podcast about writing, you know, how to use a semicolon, which versus that, because obviously people need this information. And maybe I can make it more fun than it is in, in the other ways that it's available. And I just wanted to keep my toes in podcasting. And much to my surprise, it took off. And within six weeks, it was number two at iTunes. Um, and so having been at a, a whole bunch of startups, I, I knew that I had a business it, at the time, the business model wasn't there for podcasting like it is today. But I knew when you instantly have an audience like that, you somehow have a business. So um, I, I continued my free technical write, freelance technical writing work while doing Grammar Girl at the same time for, you know, about it was about six or eight months, I think, before I was able to do Grammar Girl full time. So I essentially had two full-time jobs for <laughs> that that, sh that short startup period. I, you know, one of the things I love about that is that there, I think there's this mindset in Silicon Valley, which is so interesting that I haven't really found many other places in the world where it's like, people like it, it's a business. Like, it's like immediately like that, right? And I think that's such a, an interesting and um, innovative mindset. It's so different than what you see in other places where I think most people are like, people like it, maybe it's a hobby, but it's totally <laughs> different when you, when you look at, um, Silicon Valley, that sounds like that was a big part of what actually got you to where you are. Absolutely. My husband teases me that I don't know how to have hobbies. <laughs> I think I've, I tried to turn them all into businesses, but I think I've gotten better at that over the years. <laughs> I'm not trying to monetize my garden anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is cool though. Like you just you you it's crazy what you can monetize today, especially as like, you know, a smaller organization as long as it's like that thousand fans. You have a thousand fans, you have a business. And maybe it's a small business, but like it's a business. Absolutely. So that's really cool. Yeah. I I love people like hearing about that part of the story and like and and seeing like that evolution that you went through. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it was a good time. So um, you get a little back, back to maybe the, a couple of quick and dirty tips. Uh, what would you say the three most valuable things technical writing taught you about being a writer that you carried forward? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. I think I learned that clarity is probably the most important thing. Um, you know, when you're doing technical writing, it has to be clear and accurate. And I think that Meshing with that is I learned to be very open to feedback and not take edits personally because it has to be accurate. And the experts, you know, the people who made the DNA sequencer are just going to know more 
act, how to accurately describe how it works than you are as, as the writer. So you, you have to be incredibly open to feedback and incorporating it and changing the writing around to make it more clear. Um, I think those were the, the probably the two most important things um, I learned. And then just, I don't know, I just learned to be curious. You know, it, it, there are story ideas everywhere. This is more about the science writing than the technical writing. But, you know, once you start looking around, I, I always had more story ideas than I could possibly pitch. And if you just view the world in the, through the lens of where is the story here, you'll find them everywhere. 